This Derek, Derek, Derek. Diamond, diamond, diamond. Experience! Welcome to another episode of the Derek Diamond Experience Podcast. I'm your host, Derek Diamond. And if you haven't yet, be sure to check out this past Monday's episode where Regan Bell and Christian Jones joined me to list our top five Star Wars moments. Easily the hardest top five I've ever had to do in the now 360 episode history of this podcast. But we have some great Star Wars discussion, a general Star Wars discussion as well. So if you're a fan of Star Wars, go back and check out that episode. Don't forget, you can head over to linktree.com slash ddiamondpodcast to find all of your Derek Diamond Experience content. If you want to subscribe to the show through podcasting platforms, if you want to subscribe to the YouTube channel, uh, social media, everything is in one location, linktree.com slash ddiamondpodcast. And also, the show is in the running for In Weekly's Best of the Coast uh, for Best Podcast. So there's also a, a link in the link tree if you would like to vote for me for best podcast uh, for the Gulf Coast and the Pensacola area. Voting ends May 21st, so head on over and vote. There are several other categories that you can vote on as well. But back here with another review episode, and I'm going to be talking about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, of course, written and directed by James Gunn, and is also the 32nd movie in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I can't believe there have been over 30 MCU movies. You know, it's been over a decade now since that first Iron Man movie back in the summer of 2008 that launched, you know, a movement that has changed the way that storytelling is done in film. Like, it had never been done before to use the, the episodic type of storytelling that you normally see in television, but with feature length movies leading up to the big events like Avengers and so on and so forth. And I'm not going to lie, since Endgame, I've been, for the most part, I don't want to say disappointed with Marvel, but it hasn't really hit quite the same. You know, Endgame really did feel like its title. It felt like the end of the story. And I know there have been other good installments too. I loved Spider-Man No Way Home. It's probably still to this day, my favorite movie-going experience I've ever had. And there have been some you know, great shows. I've liked Loki a lot. I really liked WandaVision and its unique storytelling. But for the most part, all the Marvel stuff has just been okay for the most part. There's been some great, but not hit after hit after hit like we're used to seeing with the MCU. As a result of that, there have only been a few Marvel projects that I've been legitimately looking forward to. But this was one of them. I remember when the first Guardians movie came out in 2014, and I had briefly read through some of the comic books, and I'm like, this is going to be Marvel's first miss. Like, this is going to be stupid. But a few minutes in, you know, when Chris Pratt is dancing to Red Bones, come come and get your love, I was hooked. Like, I I said, this is is fun. This is going to be a fun story. And I... Like the second one, not as much as the first one, but I still enjoyed it, but was really looking forward to this one because I was curious as to how James Gunn was going to wrap up the story and with him going off to to head up DC, how was he going to go out? 
And obviously, spoilers, if you haven't seen the movie yet, go watch the movie and then come back and listen to this review slash podcast. I love the movie. It had everything that I was wanting in this movie. It had great character development, even though we've seen most of these characters now for two full movies, plus the holiday special. And I think it just told a a beautiful story. And, And the main reason why this movie works, in my opinion, is it is a James Gunn movie first and an MCU movie second. Um, obviously it has some connections to the broader MCU with, you know, Gamora coming back, but she's not the same Gamora that we saw in guardians one and two because Thanos threw her off a cliff in infinity war to get the soul stone. This Gamora is from, you know, the past and has stayed and is not that same Gamora. She didn't go through the same experiences that her previous incarnation did. And I liked what they did with her, but I actually liked that Nebula took more center stage than Gamora did. Nebula has been one of the more fascinating characters, in my opinion, since that first movie with her just being, you know, a straight up ruthless villain type character and seeing her evolution to now being a true part of the team. And especially when, you know, Rocket, with what happens with Rocket, it affects her emotionally because her and Rocket were the only ones out of that entire team that weren't you know, snapped away by the by the blip. So you you feel that when Nebula has that emotional moment, you feel it as an audience member. And this movie, it has such a wide range of emotions. Like you could tell by the trailers that this was going to be a more dramatic story, but there's still a lot of comedy in it. I laughed a lot. Batista, Dave Batista, of course is great. Once again, as Drax. And I think he is the most surprising of the three wrestlers now that have come out and been major Hollywood stars. The other, of course, being the rock and John Cena. I've really enjoyed Batista's work, arguably the most because he's tried out so many different things Whereas, you know, the, the Rock has become more of a brand and Cena is more comedy based. Batista's had that as well, but he's done his dramatic roles as well. He was the most surprising part of Guardians 1 and he's one of the best parts of Guardians 2 and, of course, Guardians 3. Love the dynamic with him and Mantis. Um, everything just worked for the most part with this movie. Um there's a couple of gripes that you could come up with, but I really didn't, I didn't have too many if, if at all, you know, and I, when I was sitting here today thinking, what am I going to say that's negative about this movie? Maybe it was a little too long and it seemed like the movie tried to end a couple of different times, but I found that to be fairly common at the end of a trilogy that you're having to wrap up all these different storylines. That's really my only kind of gripe with it. But this movie had a lot of positive about it. Um, As I mentioned, there are things that have to do with the bigger MCU, like referencing that this is a different Gamora. But for the most part, it is a very self-contained story. And that's what I've liked about the Guardians trilogy, is that it's, it's, it's its own thing that's off in the universe. 
And it just tells a fun story with great characters and great moments. Um, I like that we got to see Rocket's origin. It was predictable, but it was still really cool to see. And th this is ultimately Rocket's movie. And Bradley Cooper gives his best performance as Rocket in learning the flashbacks with him being experimented on by uh, the high evolutionary and his, his henchmen, the flashbacks were cool. And the, I will say if you're an animal lover, there are some moments that will be difficult to watch. I'm an animal lover and they were for me when rockets friends are killed by the high evolutionary. You, you feel well, for one, you feel sadness, but then the other, you think this is like the most ruthless guy in this entire universe. And I, I can't remember the actor's name off the top of my head, and I should have put it in my notes, but the High Evolutionary is one of the best MCU villains. And that's been a gripe with a lot of these movies, is they build up a villain, but they just kill him off at the end of each movie. And that happens here. But you get the backstory, you get the current stuff, and just the fact that he's so, he's Thanos-like in a way that he doesn't like how the universe is, so he wants to shape it in the way that he wants to. But whereas Thanos was thinking genocide, High Evolutionary wants to evolve everything and everyone into what he wants to be with him creating what he thought was a perfect society. And you see the links that he goes to, to experiment on these innocent creatures. And then later on with children, you see like th this guy will do anything to get what he wants. And of course he's looking for rocket because of his brain power. And he doesn't understand why, how rocket became so smart. So he needs rockets brain in order to create this perfect society. A lot of emotions that go through this movie. And there are some great cameos as well. Uh, Nathan Fillion plays a security guard that I think he was in it for the right amount of time. And he had the right amount of seriousness and comedic delivery. I remember seeing his name in the credits and thinking, okay, this, th this is going to be cool. I, I like Nathan Fillion a lot. Um, I've liked him in everything I've seen him in. And, and this was, this was no exception. As I mentioned, emotional roller coaster, and this is ultimately Rocket's movie, but everyone gets their own opportunity to shine. Nebula takes a, a more prevalent role than she has in any of the other movies. Gamora gets her moments still. We get the funny moments with Drax and Mantis, but they, they have their own resolution. But what made me the happiest was seeing how great Chris Pratt was as Star-Lord. Because in Jurassic World, I think especially during that third one, it seemed like he became disinterested in like his performance. He seemed like he was kind of phoning it in. But that wasn't the case with this one. I've loved him as Star-Lord in all three of the Guardians movies. We get to see a little bit more of a personal development with him, in addition to him still being upset over the loss of Gamora we get to find out that his grandfather's still alive and at the end after everything is resolved they all decide to go their own ways 
well, Nebula and Drax, they stay on in nowhere to, to run things there, but everyone else just goes their own way. You know, uh, Mantis goes off to explore the universe. Star-Lord goes off to Earth to reunite with his grandfather. And we do get a post credit scene with him talking with his grandfather. And it's, it says on the end of the, the title card, the legendary Star-Lord will return. In what capacity? I don't know, because this really feels like a finale to these characters and their storylines. And it was perfect with all of them dancing at the end and nowhere to the song Dog Days Are Done. It it was was perfect. And of course, you know, the the music is wonderfully used as well um, as it has been through the first two movies. We do get a nice callback to Come and Get Your Love. Um, Rocket is left as the leader of the Guardians, and we see a mid-credit scene with uh, Rocket and a few of the other characters who I can't remember off the top of my head. But um, I don't know if we'll get a Guardians Volume 4. Would I watch it? Sure. But it's not going to be the same, you know, because in Gamora's... Uh, back with the Ravagers, when we meet her character in this movie, she's with the Ravagers. And yeah, they they leave on good terms, but it's still, this is not the same Gamora. She's still pretty far off from the Gamora that died in Infinity War. So I think it left everything on on a very nice note. You know, Visually, it was great. I, I, I like these movies because... They're different in the fact that they don't take place on Earth, and they almost feel Star Wars-like in a way, like you're going on a fun space adventure into unknown territories. Am I saying it's as good as Star Wars? No. But that that's the feel I got when I watched the first Guardians movie. So if you haven't seen the movie, I don't know why you listen to all the spoilers that I just said, but it's definitely worth going to see. It's... Either my favorite or my second favorite movie of the year up there with the Super Mario Brothers movie. I loved it. It surpassed my expectations. And I think because Mania was such an overall disappointment that it lowered my expectations for this movie. But it was so fun going back and revisiting these characters. And that's, that's why these movies are great because James Gunn loves these characters. He knows how to write them. He understands them. And he's made a fun series and a fun trilogy of movies. And you could make the argument that it's the best trilogy in the MCU. Yeah, that, that'd be a debate for another time. But I definitely think it's up there. If it's not my favorite, it's probably my second favorite. So I, I'd be interested, you know, leave, leave um, your favorite Marvel trilogy in the comments below. I'd love to get your guys' feedback on what you think your favorite Marvel trilogy is. As far as the the bigger overall scope of Marvel and where the Marvel Cinematic Universe goes from here, do I still think there's this doom and gloom for Marvel? Maybe not. It's not going to stop anytime soon because the, the, the movie has been successful financially. Do I think this is going to be the, the saving grace for Marvel? I don't think that either. I'm taking the approach for the Marvel Cinematic Universe one movie at a time. We've got the Marvels coming up next. The trailer looks fun. 
I don't know the, those characters as well as I do these, but we'll see what happens. If it's a good movie, then I'll continue to be more optimistic about the MCU. I'm interested in the Fantastic Four. Of course, with you know, the whole Jonathan Major situation, I wonder what they're going to do about Kang. So it's a very interesting time in the MCU for sure, but I was so happy that this was as good as it was. It's worth a repeat showing in the theater. If I have the opportunity, I'll go see it again, but it'll definitely be one that I watch again when it comes out on Blu-ray or on Disney+. Plus. So that's going to do it for my review of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Hopefully you guys enjoyed it. Again, you can head over to linktree.com slash ddiamondpodcast if you want to subscribe to the show, if you want to subscribe to the YouTube channel, social media, everything is in one location. And if you could, please leave a review. The more reviews I get, uh, the more visible the show is to the podcasting public. If you know someone's searching for filmmaking podcast or movie podcast, the more reviews the show has, the more likely it is to show up at the top of said list. Uh, the show's going to be pretty jam-packed over the next couple of weeks, uh, all leading up to the season finale at the end of the month. Coming up on Monday's show, I'll be chatting with actress Amber Doig Thorne, who is one of the leads in Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey, which of course is the horror take on the Winnie the Pooh franchise. And then I'll be doing a couple of podcasts throughout the next week or so to uh, promote the upcoming Gulf Coast Film Fest and Social, which will be May 27th at Hellcat Hangar in Pensacola, Florida. Uh, you can get your tickets now. I'll leave a link uh, in the show notes if you are in the Pensacola area. We've got uh, my short film, The Feature, among several others that we'll be showing as well. And of course, if you want to find out more information, head over to facebook.com slash events. But that's going to do it for this extra episode of the podcast. We'll see you guys back here on Monday for another awesome episode of the Derek Diamond Experience podcast. Mm -hmm.